from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Breaking news. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. As your Kansas City Chiefs did, uh, um, is it something? Rabbit out of a hat? I don't know. Like Brett Veach not only confounds and frustrates me about how stupid it makes me look, um, this is as bad as the Kelsey contract, um, but it's really impressive what he's able to get done while being uber aggressive. And that's what it comes down to. The Chiefs have acquired tackle Orlando Brown from the Baltimore Ravens, simultaneously making the Chiefs offensive line whole and weakening possibly one of their bigger opponents in the AFC. And he did it by only moving back from 31 to 58 and giving up a couple of of later round picks. That's what floors me the most about this. How do you feel about what happened today? Yeah, I'm sitting here looking at this, and this is exactly what happened. The Chiefs get Orlando Brown. They get the number 58 pick in the draft in 2021, which is a second-round pick, and they get a sixth-round pick in 2022. The Ravens are getting the number 31 pick, the 94 pick in the third round for Kansas City, and then Kansas City also has a fourth and a fifth-round pick, or a fourth-round pick in 2021, and a 2022 fifth-round pick. To me... You know, I keep reading different people talking about the value chart and whatnot. And basically, Kansas City traded for Orlando Brown for like the 45th overall pick. That's a steal. (laughs) You got to pay him, but that's an absolute steal for this type of player. And this all comes back to getting the second rounder back. And he's 24. Um, I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, right. And and let's let's be really specific, folks. I never thought this was happened. You heard me say that. I did Here, too. You, heard, you heard me say it on Lockdown NFL. You heard me say it on RGR. There's no way that Eric DaCosta would simultaneously weaken himself and strengthen the Chiefs. But from my perspective, this had to have come down to the fact that they just feel, after all the turmoil uh, with them and Brown, that they were never going to get a chance to re-sign him. And his value might not ever be higher than it is right now. Well, the other side with Brown is he wanted to play left tackle. Uh, there was no way they're playing that he's playing left tackle in Baltimore. So it makes sense that they feel felt like they had to move him. They're not going to pay him what a left tackle is going to get paid. They would pay him top right tackle money, but they're not going to pay him top left tackle money. Brown thinks he's the top left tackle in the NFL, I think, or really close to it. And uh, according to Jason, our buddy, Jason OTC, he thinks Brown's going to get over 20 million a year when he signs his extension. So, Kansas City could still end up having a left tackle that's costing you $20 million a year. Here's the difference. I would be happy with that contract with Orlando Brown. I wasn't going to be happy with it because of Trent Williams and his age. But at 24 years old, I will take $20 million a year on a Pro Bowl left tackle. Well, and that's the thing. Um, you guys heard me. I had Orlando Brown off of my board the year he was drafted. Because he he ran maybe the worst combine pro day combination of anybody that's a starter in the NFL, let alone a Pro Bowl player. And I think that's the difference is that was a number of years ago. He's coming up at the end of his rookie contract. The development that we've seen from him from being drafted to where he is now is is almost storybook in that night and day. You didn't have it when you when you came in the league, right? You had you had clay. And it's been molded. He has progressed. Now, people will still say he's not the athlete that the Chiefs usually go for, and that's absolutely true. But success in the league trumps success or athleticism before you're in the league. So I think that's what the Chiefs come down to is he's gotten it done both at right and at left. 
And so they feel A, he's versatile, B, he's young, and C, he's gotten to that level that they think they can plug him in and be better off than they were last season. Well, and the thing for me that's key here is, again, he's 24 years old. Uh, they could be going out and drafting an offensive lineman this year and only gain one or two years if they would have gone that direction. So mm-hmm. now you've got a guy that's been playing in the league. He played at a Pro Bowl level, so you know he can play at both right and left tackle. That's a huge get for Kansas City. And I, I think this is a fantastic trade for Brett Veach. I can't imagine him only trading basically essentially a second-round pick to get a guy of this caliber because 31 is basically a second-round pick. Let's be fair about it. And then getting a second rounder back, I mean, you just it's a fantastic it's a fantastic move for this team. And then you start looking at what this is going to mean for their offensive line overall. You start looking and you start thinking, okay, Tooney is what, twenty-eight? Mm-hmm. Brown is twenty-four. So you've got your left side of your line for the next five years. This episode is brought to you by Ten Ten, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced. Limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designated by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Ring sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10 This collection features high-quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Get all the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Audacity app or wherever you get podcasts. Uh, You know, Blythe, and here's my thought. Blythe is currently slated to be your starting center. I'm not so sure they're done. With two second-round picks, you're in a position to maybe go get a guy like Creed Humphrey to be your starting center. Quinn Miners is definitely in the range here. That Josh too. Myers is in the range here. I mean, Drew Dahlman's going to probably be at that fourth round pick. They gave up one, but it was compensatory. They have plenty of room to add another center. And I'll tell you this too. They might not be done at tackle. They could use a young depth tackle that needs time to develop. Like any number of these guys that actually have. Well, the I, arm think they, I think they have that, that guy on the roster. I think they think they have that guy on the roster in your Sir Durant. I think that changes things with what they're going to be looking at in this draft. I think that they would look at center. I think that they could possibly uh, maybe look at the guard position. Uh, although, you know, right now, right guard's Tooney, left guard is LDT, or sorry, right guard is LDT, I apologize. Left guard is Tooney. Uh, and then you have, you know, Long as your other right guard, potentially, maybe right tackle. You still have Rimmers. You still have Niang. One of those guys is going to start at right tackle. So I think you're probably going to be good at the least rotational tackle position because you've got three tackles now that you have to feel pretty good about. Uh, I think even if Niang ends up the starter at right tackle, you still have to feel pretty good about having your rotational guy because Niang could flip over to left if something were to happen to Brown. So I still think you're in a good position there. 
and I think that they're going to be wanting to see what they have in Yusir Durant. So I think he's going to stick as well. It, it, he definitely could. I won't put it past him to upgrade anything at this point. So now they have 58 and 63. It gives you a little bit of room to maneuver. You could even pull off another trade. If you want to trade back up and get to, say, 45, which I think is is the sweet spot, you could do that. Trade up, trade down, you know, separate that that 58 and 63 back out with someone. There's a possibility there. Um, you you still have, uh, what, 144? Yeah. So there's volume. I have to laugh because Brett Veach is having a press conference about two hours before this news breaks. And he's talking about how, you know, they're working on some things, but nothing's really set in stone yet. And then two hours later, you have this huge trade. So he knew it was probably going to get done. Obviously, he wasn't going to tip his hand, and that's great for him. Good job on that. Uh, but it's just it's awesome to be able to see him the way he was able to basically uh, stone cold lie in <laughs> in essence in a way. Uh, no, but I love it though. It, it you know it's something you absolutely have to be able to do in that position. You have to be able to uh, you know look at people in the face and tell them you know something that maybe not a hundred percent true, but you know, that's what you have to do to be able to do what you need to do as a GM. So, you know, and then you start looking at what else Kansas City could do. You talked about they could move up. They could move up. The one thing that I thought that I really took out of Brett Veach's conference that really stuck to me is that they thought that there were 17 to 18 players in this draft that they thought that they thought could step in and be day one starters. Mm-hmm. That they equates weren't, 17 they weren't getting first round grades, folks. Right. right. And, and, I, I want to throw this out there because somebody mentioned this to me. The way they work on it is they're looking at who do they think is a first round player. They're not looking at it as a positional thing. So they're going to still have a first round grade on a guy like, you know, Trevor Lawrence. He's going to be in that number 17 or 18. It doesn't matter that they're not going to be looking at QB. That's not how Dre, that's not how they work. Yeah. Pat Sertan is a first round player. The, the CB is going to be in there. The, but the fact that there's only 17 of them, that goes that much farther to show you that not every team sees this draft the same way. And not every team actually sees that there are 32 or 25 or 20 players even worth selecting in the first round. And that's why you will find this on my board as well. There will not be 30 first round grades. There might not be 20. I haven't finished it. It'll be out on Monday. Make sure you get ready for that. I'm really intrigued. Um, and people are hitting me on Twitter. I thank you for all the attention. Yes, Brett Veach now is just, I don't think it's what his goal is, but I think it's a nice caveat that he keeps proving me wrong every time I say something. So, yeah, enjoy that fact because he's so, not going to so say. Park. Can you say that the Chiefs are not going to, you know, are, are going to lose the Super Bowl next year? Because, I mean, you, you seem to be going. I have trouble making that come out of my face. I just can't, I can't get there. <laughs> Oh, you know, honestly, you look at this draft, though, and now they're in a position to where they can go anywhere. They don't have to be drafting an offensive lineman. They could. They, You know, honestly, they like I said, they could go and draft a center in the f- first part of the second round. They could trade up to go get a center if there's somebody there that they like that they don't think is going to be there when they pick it 58. Mm-hmm. But they don't have to. I mean, right. you know, with Blythe, he, he at least gives you somebody that can be in there, but I will say this with everything that they've done to rehaul that offensive line. I just can't imagine that they're going to keep Blythe as their starting center 
or at least not draft somebody to be right behind him. Mm-hmm. And that's fair. Um, there's this, especially there are five, no, one, two, three, there's at least three zone corners in here in this draft class that I think will be taken in not the first or second round. I, Creed Humphrey will go in the second round. I think Miners is probably a third. I think Dalman's a fourth or a fifth. You're talking all centers, not there. corners. I'm talking centers, not corners. Sorry, my fault. They're all on the on the matrix. They're all more athletic than Mitch Morse was. And you can get them at different levels in the draft. I think there's plenty of guys that you could sign, uh, draft, and play behind Blythe for a year to get to that point. So I, I think there's a lot of criteria the Chiefs like in this draft. It's just not in the first round. Maybe not even in the top 50 picks. Yeah, and maybe that's the case is maybe they don't think that the value is there in the top 50 and you know getting the 58 pick is is just a coup for Kansas City. It's just it's surprising that they were able to get a second round pick back. And it did come out later uh one of the Baltimore guys said that you know this is a, a trade that's not really been talked about a lot until the last 48 hours and it got hot and heavy over the last 48 hours and Kansas City stood their ground and said they weren't giving away a first round pick for Orlando Brown and they didn't. I mean, you know, yes, they gave away a first round pick, but they're getting back a second. There's a lot of value in getting that second round pick. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's an exchange of picks in the top 100, and that's that works. Yes, you gave up. You lost 94, a third rounder, and you lost a fourth rounder. That's perfectly fine. You didn't give up a top 58 pick. You know, you got one in return. I think that's great. I will tell you this, too, that... um, I have it from a couple of sources that the Bears were making a serious run at Orlando Brown as well. And so there is that little bit that Brett Veach actually had to uh, beat out his pal Matt Nagy to get this deal done. Well, and you have to imagine that he had to beat it out substantially, at least in the eyes of the Ravens, because you would think that they'd be more than happy to trade him to an NFC team as opposed to trading him to an AFC foe that you're going to be fighting for a playoff spot every single year. Right. That's it still blows me away. I mean, more power to to Veach and his whole staff. Mike Borgonzi, Ryan Poles, like how you guys pulled this off. I hope you're listening or Chiefs PR. I hope that you're listening because Ted Cruz, please get this. to them. Yeah, I need to know because this is um, this is almost like GTA style armed robbery. Well, and I will say this. The one thing that really is sticking out to me in this trade is that Kansas City took a weakness. They now have a player there. They now have a player that they can trust to be very good at that position because he's already done it. And now you're sitting in a position where you can go anywhere in the draft. You don't have a set need. I mean, yeah, you have needs, but it's not something that's going to kill you if you don't get it filled early in the draft. Left tackle was that position. I like what Veach has said before, and I liked what he said you know, before this trade ended up happening. But you know, at this point, you know that they're going to have just about any position available to go and get. Now they won't be tra- they won't be drafting early. They won't be drafting on Thursday night. But you know what? That's okay. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100 percent chocolate on all the bars. And we recognize it's been hard to keep up with the brackets and all the new flavors. But let's remember, when it all comes said and done, there are a couple things that really stand out, like cookies and cream with 17 grams of protein at 130 calories, or almond coconut, which is one of my favorites still. And you can get a serious discount over at BuiltBar.com by using the promo code LOCKED15. 
you'll get 50% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are going to be back in full swing. And BetOnline even covers award shows, reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey, is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, and Jason Lockenfora. Our local experts from every team are making trades and picking the next stars for their teams. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, they ain't done. We don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> you say what you want. I don't think there's any way they draft on thir- on Thursday night. Unless somebody that they think is... And here's the question. Now at this point, when you have your left tackle, if somehow, and I know you're going to call me crazy, that's fine. If somehow Waddle or one of those top receivers finds a way to drop to 15 to 20 or somebody else that they are in love with drops to 15 to 20, do you consider making a move to go get him? Because Two twos? Well, two twos, or I'd even consider, it depends on how far you got to go up, Give up the first next year if you think that it's going to put you over the top for the next couple of seasons. Possibly. I think part of this move also tells us what the Chiefs think of this draft. And that is that the lack of the 2020 season, et cetera, I think they feel like they're more apt to give up picks in this draft than next because next will be closer to like a normal year where they can have more yeah. confidence in their valuations. And I can see that. I guess all I'm saying is that if you have the ability to go get a guy that you think should have been drafted in the top 10 or the top 15, and he's still sitting there for some reason at 22, 23, 25, maybe you, maybe you offer up a lot to go get him. Maybe it doesn't have to be a first round pick. Maybe it's two twos and something else thrown in. Uh, you know, if it's somebody that you really like, you have the ability to do it because you don't have any glaring holes right now. It's the one thing that you had going into this draft before this Brown trade is a glaring hole. You don't have it anymore. Well, and that's something that Brad Veach has spoken about, is that they like to get things squared away in free agency so they don't have to go do something. So they're not forced into a Breland Speaks situation. They're not forced into a McCole Hardman situation where they have to get a player at X position to fill that hole immediately. Yeah. And this this is squaring that all away. It fits exactly what he says he wants to do. And it's rare for a GM to tell you what his true philosophy is, but he backs it up over and over and over. Well, and I do want to specify, I'm not saying it has to be a wide receiver. I'm just using those guys because those are the ones that are being talked about being way up there in most draft boards. And I would figure our first round talents on just about everybody's board. It could be anybody that they think is a first round player. If you think that somebody is there at 22, 23, 25, and you want to go up and get him, go get him. I, I'm not going to have a problem with them trading up to go get somebody that they think could get them back to the Super Bowl and a winner, a winning a Super Bowl for the next couple of seasons. Because at this point, the offensive line is basically built. I mean, yeah, you have to possibly figure out the center position. Yeah, you might have to figure out right guard, but you probably have at least three of your starters on the offensive line for the next four years. Yeah. And it's, you have the QB, you have the wide receiver, you have the tight end. 
you have the running back. I mean, your offensive skill positions are pretty set. I mean, yeah, you need help at wide receiver, but this draft is deep enough. Unless you're going to go get one of the top guys, you could get one of the guys in the fourth or in the fourth or fifth round and, and still be okay. I mean, there's going to be Olympic speed available in the in the third or fourth round, is my guess for Schwartz. Um, could Diami Brown fall the way to 58? Possibly. Um, I think they'd like him as a as a, a new X that can actually get down the field as well. Like there are a lot of options now that this opens up when you don't have to be focused on where you're going to get a tackle, whether it's the first, second, or third, whatever. Like when you can take that need off the table, and now if somebody falls to you that you have a good grade on for the position you're drafting at, then maybe you can draft another tackle for the future as as a, a solid backup if you feel the need. But me, I got to think that they still feel Niang's going to be a starter, whether it's this season or next. Yep. And clearly with Brown, your your book ended. Let me put it to you a different way on this trade. You basically took your left tackle at 31, and you traded away all those draft picks to move up in the second round. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know. And you're assured of a Pro Bowl-level player. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's a win-win. I, I don't see how this is a, a lost and and somebody told me they technically don't have to pay Brown. You don't make this deal if you're not paying the guy. No, it would be ridiculous to do this. You, I will say this not, too: you may not pay him this season, and you may end up having to franchise him. But I'm sure they get a long term deal done. And I still think it will be over probably twenty million dollars a year, which sounds like a ton of money. But with the way the cap's going, I think they'll be fine. It's QB one. It's the NFL's top quarterback. There's no reason not to pay your left tackle that money. It doesn't. In no way. I will tell you this, too. Like At the end of the day, it's not that Brett Veach thwarted my concept. It's that Eric DaCosta lost his mind and did something that I said he should never, ever do in help the Chiefs get better. Um, so I'm not going to pin this on Brett Veach. I'm going to give him a break. So um, That's it. This is instant reaction for you guys. Um, early extra show, that kind of thing. Believe me. Uh, we're going to do this all draft weekend. We'll have reviews of every pick. Uh, we're going to be live on the Locked On Network. I'll be over on RGR streaming live as well. You can find us everywhere. It's going to be a fun ride, and uh, it may be a lot more adventure than we thought. So um, any parting thoughts on this thing, Chris? No, I think that, like I said, I, I think that this really opens up the draft, and I'm really not sure what to expect in the draft at this point because you can go any direction. I mean, you could say they have needs. Yeah, they have a need at linebacker. Yeah, they probably have a need at corner. Yeah, they probably have a need at defensive end. Um, but those are all positions that you know you don't have to go draft early if you don't want to. And they're not. It's not like they don't already have a starter of some sort at all of those positions. Uh, they didn't have one at left tackle at all. That was concerning. And this changes everything in my mind. I I, I do think that they're going to. Uh, probably still be aggressive in this draft. And I would not be surprised if they are picking at, you know, in the forties. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, if I'm Kansas city and I think that there's a top, you know, top 30 player that's sitting there at 45, I'm considering making a move up to go get him. I mean, and that well, was one I, of the things that I think I said earlier is that I expected that all of the picks that Kansas city was thinking was a first rounder would probably be gone by 22, 23 in that area. Because you're always going to have outliers and you're going to have QBs that go that shouldn't go that early. That's just going to be the way this draft is going to go. I think it's going to be entertaining. When we know more, we'll let you know more if anything else happens this weekend. But definitely um, look out for next week. 
we have a number of guests coming. Seth Kaiser is going to be back with me. Um, I already talked to him, but maybe you'll have to talk to him this time because I think we probably have to redo that one um, after this move today. But Oh, yeah, yeah. probably because he was talking a lot about yeah, right. Imagine feeling, yeah, imagine being Seth right now, spending most of your last two weeks reviewing offensive tackle tape, and yeah. now he can't get his boy Stone Foresight. Right. Yeah. Well. Well, you don't know that, but hey. Well. Um. <laughs> so yeah, we'll have that. Um. Have a couple of other special guests, including Dane Brugler, coming up with you next week. Um. I'm going to talk with Brett Yaris, Lucas Niang's trainer, as well. So we have some great stuff leading up to the draft, and then we'll have everything for you there. We hope that you guys have a great weekend. Thanks for checking out this special edition. We'll talk to you on Sunday. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.